What is popping internet? This is the Pace and Space podcast, and I am your host as always, Calvin, and with me, like he always is, is my co-host and good friend, Leif. Leif, what's going on? Man, doing great. Had a day off, so I'm feeling hype, feeling good, and looking forward to talking some hoops. Yeah, had the day off. I did not have the day off, but I'm still here, ready to talk hoops with you. Looking forward to it. We've got a lot of items we want to talk about today. It's been a busy week. Been a busy week since last week. Uh, our time of recording changed a bit for us, but uh, that just gave us a little more to talk about, I think. So we'll head into it with some with, with some fresher topics, maybe, than we've had in a couple the past couple of weeks. But we just got to get right into it. And as always, we talk about this podcast being, you know the unofficial official podcast of Kyle Kuzma. We always said that. But then our other our other line is always stay woke and stay mellow. So we got to talk about mellow. We got to talk about what he's doing right now in the Lakers. And, and this is a mellow renaissance right now, Leif. It's a mellow renaissance. Hey, I, I always felt like if he landed in the right spot, this is exactly <laughs> what you were going to get. I didn't think he was washed to begin with. But right. this is a good opportunity for him, and he's definitely showing it. Yeah, um, and honestly, I I had worries about the fit. I said that a couple couple episodes ago. I wasn't sure what the fit was going to be like. Um, this team really needed shooting. But one thing I don't think anybody really saw coming, even if you knew Melo could still play, was for him to evolve into this, like, consistent knockdown three-point shooter that he's become this year yeah I mean when he was on Houston that was what they wanted him to be but I felt like Houston didn't give him an opportunity to actually put the ball on the court a little bit move around and we know we know he he's a knockdown shooter we know he can shoot and I think right now being in L.A. has given him this opportunity to not only be that shooter, but has given him some more opportunities to now move around a little bit, be more involved with the offense. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And I think that's contributing to his numbers. I know he's he's averaging 17 points per game. That's his highest since his last season with the Knicks back in 16 and 17. from the field, 50% from three on six attempts. He's shooting six times a game. That's the most he's ever shot from the three-point line ever, I think, 6.7 attempts from three. He's had a couple other seasons where he was around those attempts, but the efficiency this year is just on another level. And like you can really see he went into this offseason – um, you know, it's pretty clear he wanted to come to the Lakers. He wanted to come to play with LeBron. But he went into it like, all right, I'm on this team. How do I succeed on this team? And, and he went in the lab this summer, and he worked specifically on, on his outside game. And, you know, he's not going to be a 50% three-point shooter all season. But, but I think the games are legit. You know, I, I think he's, you know, I think he's better than that 36 38% he usually is for his career. I think he's more like a like a – low 40s, mid 40% three-point shooter now this season. Yeah, and then plus to add to that, he's not even being asked to do as much as he was asked on other teams. You know, on other teams, they wanted him to pick up the load rebounding. You know, they wanted to more assists, more defense. And if you look at some of his his other numbers, I mean, they're they're down across the board. But 
what they were looking for is, look, we needed a, a knockdown shooter, someone who, if we needed in a pinch, can carry the offense for a little while. That's what he's doing, you know, and he's rewarding them right now. So, but yeah, you made a good point. I mean, he's averaging more three-point attempts than he's averaged ever before. I, I just think that's all part of the system that he's in right now. Not a lot of pressure. You have people who are going to feed you the ball in, in Westbrook. You also have Braun feeding you the ball. And they're telling you, shoot. You know, they know what you're capable of. So mm-hmm. they're not putting that pressure on you to to do other stuff. So, hey, I mean, I'm I'm liking it. I watched the game last night. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked comfortable. He looked more comfortable um, this season than I've seen him in a while. Yeah, I think he I think he feels better. He's with his peers. I think he feels like feel like he's with his peers this year on this Laker team. You know, he's with LeBron. He's with um, you know, he's with AD. He's with Westbrook. You know, he's with he's like I'm with uh, I'm with other stars. I'm I'm sacrificing my game because it's to be around other stars. You know, and he sacrificed his game last year with Portland too. But um, you know, they wanted him to sacrifice his game, but it was also a lot. They were also a lot more reliant than on what he could provide them in a reduced role. It was weird. It was like, we need you to stand out on the three-point line, but we're also looking for you to be that third guy, even though we're not going to give you third guy usage of the ball. It was it was like a weird balance for him. Here, he's, you know, he's like the fourth or fifth guy in terms of usage, but he knows he's doing that for guys that he respects and, and they're going to carry the load and they're going to find him. And he also knows that's the way he gets to close out games with this team. He doesn't fit in this lineup unless he's hitting that three-point shot, you know? Yeah, he doesn't need the ball in his hand. So, because you know you have two ball-dominant guys in LeBron and Westbrook, and then you still got to feed AD, and you and you have him. So, you know, the ball is not always going to come to him, but when it does, I mean, the expectation is that you're ready. Yeah. And that's what he's showing. He, he's ready. I mean, yeah, I mean, so as long as he stays ready and stays available, I mean, he's going to get his he's going to get his attempts. He's going to get his shots. He's got to stay healthy, too. But I think the way that they're playing him and the, the rotation, I mean, I don't see any issues with him remaining healthy for the rest of the season. But I mean, this is what you what you want to see. I mean, a a, a, a duel of him and Westbrook is good in itself. And now you're taking that and you're saying, all right, we know what y'all did before. We're going to now say we got LeBron and AD. Let's come together, you know, and let's mm-hmm. do this in L.A. in a bigger way. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. Now, I will say this, though, and this isn't a knock on Melo at all. This is more of the team dynamic. I still think that there's still some chemistry issues that mm-hmm. hopefully that will work itself out. I mean, because if you look at this team, I mean, we already spoke about it before, uh, how how they lost um, games to OKC like that after being up big. Right. Even even the game last night. I mean, to me, that game against Miami shouldn't have been that close. Um, and that game had to go into overtime for them to win by three. I don't even think it should have been that close. And I felt like later on in the game, they kind of got away from Carmelo. So you kind of, after halftime, he only had like, he made one shot after that. 
And that was kind of disappointing. But besides that, I still think that the, the team itself is, is in the right direction. And as long as they keep Melo involved, there's no reason why he can't continue this for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. And looking forward to seeing Melo continue to thrive in that, in that Laker purple and gold. Um, so we talked about, we started off with a bounce back season um, in terms of Melo. Now we're going to shift our attention to a breakout season. And the guy I think that's having a breakout season is, is Miles Bridges for the Charlotte Hornets. And man, he's, he's really come out the gate, like playing at another level this year so far. Yeah, his man, he, every night it seems like it's another highlight play from him. Mm-hmm. But he's showing that he's more than just being an, an athletic player. He's showing himself to actually kind of be more well-rounded. I mean, he's involved in all facets of the offense. He's even shooting now. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely having a breakout season, I would think. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his numbers across the board, he's he's up to, like, 21.3 points per game. That's, like, up nine points almost from last year. You know, assists, he's up. Uh, rebounds, he's up. Uh, his percentages are not the – are, are not as good as last year, but I think that is a byproduct of the increased usage. And he's also getting to the line more this year. He's, he's averaging about three more free throws uh, a game. So, like, <clears throat> he's taking the ball in his hands more. His usage is up 7%. So the team is trusting him more with more of the offense, more of the responsibility. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been proven he can handle it so far. Yeah, I think now with – I mean, he's given more opportunities, which means that less opportunities are going to some of those other players. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking guys like, you know, Gordon Hayward, who maybe in the last year they were looking at him a lot more to be involved with the offense. But I felt like, you know what, they see they got this young guy in Bridges who they can trust. And then on top of that, I mean, LaMelo's Lame- doing his thing. I mean, LaMelo's looking great. So now you have this young athletic backcourt with Melo. And not, and not even the backcourt. I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, they have Bridges starting at the four, really. So, mm. I mean, so this team is really, really dynamic. I mean, I mean, it's playing very up-tempo. And, I mean, it's just a real deep team and it's, it plays to what miles bridges can do. So as long as they keep him active and keep him, you know, keep feeding him, then there's no reason why he can't keep this up. Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, some of those touches have come at the expense of like other guys, you know, like, yeah, not so much Gordon Hayward, but you know, you got, got guys like PJ Washington and some of those other players that maybe used to get the ball a little more than not. That's going more to him. They also, you know, <clears throat> they also don't have uh, Graham. He, he, you know, he's he's in New Orleans now. So he used to he used to dominate some of the ball. That he, he's not there now. So that that was opening. That was some room opening for him as well there. So he's doing a great job. Um, the Hornets are kind of after they started off hot, they've tailed off, but um, they they're still at the very worst to play in team. And um, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what this team can do with LaBello and Miles Bridges at, at the lead of that team. And it's going to be very interesting, too, because, uh, you know, it's going to be time to talk contract with Miles Bridges at the end of the season. And 
you know, Hornets are probably going to wish they had, they offered a little bit more to that extension he turned down now because it's going to cost him a lot more. Oh, he's keep expensive. Him. Yeah, he, he's probably a $100 million contract guy now. Oh, easy, easy. And it's only going up from there. Only going up from there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out um, next season. But, yeah, so we, we really we really in a fan of Miles Bridges' game. We think he's going to keep doing bigger, bigger and better things. But um, aside from those, uh, you know, happy storylines, now it's time to get into, into the mucky muck now. Now it's time to get into some of the dirty stuff that happened this week. And, you know, first thing, uh, you know, first thing uh, we got to talk about this uh, Nikola Jokic, Marquise Morris beef, you know. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw the video at this point. Jokic just straight laid out Marquise Morris, uh, came hit him from behind, just knocked him out. They thought they were going to have to carry him out in the stretcher at one point, but, you know, he ended up being all right. Um, but it needs to be said that Jokic's hit on Markeith came after Markeith gave him a late cheap shot foul in the middle of a fast break when Denver was already wrapping up that game. They were, they were up by like 20 plus points. It was the fourth quarter. You know, it was, that was probably like one of the few remaining plays for Jokic before the, the coach brought him in for the game. And Markeith wanted to send them, send them off with a little something extra because, because they were losing by 20. You know what I mean? So, so, okay. All right. Right. I hear you. So let's, let's go down a little further into this. So do you feel like the, Jokic's response was warranted. I think warranted. He went too far, especially hitting him from behind with him, like not even knowing what was happening. Like that's a dirty hit. So I can't say, you know, good for Jokic, you know, because that, that was dangerous. Like, you know, you know, Marquis could have got really hurt on that play. At the same time, Marquis started that, that situation. That's what I'll say. I won't say Jokic was justified because the the retaliation went too far, but Markeith was really the one that initiated that whole incident. Yeah, yeah. So, so my I I, I agree with you. I, I do. I know you probably weren't expecting me to agree with you, but I do. <laughs> I I think that um, Markeith Morris came in. It was a dirty play from him, and. That's kind of what you would expect from him. And he came, and I've looked at this play over and over, probably like everyone else has. And I wanted to see, like, okay, not only what was Morris doing, I wanted to see what the rest of the Heat were doing. Like, were they were they in a defensive place? Where were they? You know, were, were people already back? So was it like a complete, you know, breakaway where there was no one there? And when I look at the play, they were guys already back there. They were yeah. guys waiting. In fact, there was a, I think it was um, Hero who was already there, eyeing Jokic in position to start Ding him up. I believe that's who it was. So there were people there. And then here you have Morris come out of nowhere to go and lay this foul on him, which was clearly frustration. 100%. Hundred percent, and he was by, he was on the other side of the of the half court line, 
and he was in the middle of passing. He hit him like that in the middle of passing. It wasn't like this dude was charging down doing the whole fast break himself. He was passing the ball ahead. Right. So my thing is, if I think the reason why we look at it and we say, wow, Jokic, man, that was dirty, is because of what happened. He he went, Morris fell, he his head snacked back, he and he, stretcher came out, he had a neck injury. That's why we looked at it. Now, had he pushed him and he didn't fall, then we'll be like, you know, Jokic, yeah, you know, Jokic, yeah, you got fed up that he, he right. got he got away with that. Right. You know, so I think it was the reaction, it was the outcome that is like makes it what Jokic did worse than what Jokic was really trying to get. And even at his uh, post-game conference, he said, yeah, I saw the tape. And after I saw the tape, I didn't know it had that kind of effect. Because he was probably like, look, he's, he came out of nowhere. He fouled me. And in the old NBA, they would just call the foul. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, he do a hard foul on me on purpose for no reason. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm not are, – are you mad at Jokic? No, I'm not mad. Only thing I was upset about is he cost me a game on my fantasy team. But other than that, I wasn't I – got, I got why he did it. You know, I got why he did it. And I don't think – I think he got up angry and wanted to retaliate. I don't think he purposely said, let me lay this dude out while he's not looking, you know? Exactly. So, you know, I think he saw a little red. He got up, saw a little red because it, it was a hard hit. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like just like a little tap foul. You know, he, he got laid out, you know, and it was uncalled for. So I understood why he was upset. And it was just goon. It was like goon behavior that initiated it. But I, I just felt it was important to talk about what Keith did, because when I first saw the play, you know, I'm seeing like, um, you know, I'm seeing tweets and messages talking about. Jokic starts meet starts a brawl between Nuggets and and Miami, and he I'm like he did not start it. Markeith started it. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you know the Heat the Heat players, you know Jimmy Butler, all those guys, they're gonna stick up for that guy, and you know they've got that whole tough guy mentality. And then you know then there's the picture of the you know the the like old the old guy in the suit opening the the locker room door and like. The whole Heat team is, you know, on the other end, like looking in, like they're about to do something. And that was all theatrical to me. That was all theatrical to me. I, I don't think they were really about to fight. In all 100% honesty, they, you know, they just want, they just wanted to, they just wanted to make this dude feel, they just wanted to scare this dude, Jokic, I guess. But in reality, like, you know, they guys started it. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens when these two teams play next time. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, because Marcus Morris already says something too, like he's going to do something in response to what happened to his brother. Then the the Jokic brothers made a Twitter account or an Instagram account, forgot which one it was. They made a social media account that same day just to reply to Marcus Morris and be like, why don't you let this lie where it is? Don't escalate it any further. And I don't know if you've seen Jokic brothers, but yeah. those guys are serious. Those, those guys. Yeah. They, I don't know. I wouldn't mess with them guys, but, 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 but they're right though. It's like, 
Jokic said what he had to say. He was like, he apologized. He was like, it right. shouldn't have gone there. And, and even Mars, for what his worth, he was like, yeah, you know, he made a comment. And it was like, all right, done. Like, mm-hmm. the end. You know, because there's no way Mars can't say that what he did wasn't dirty. So he can't say that. So he, he, he totally avoided that. He even gave the yeah. point to Jokic, you know. But, yeah, if, if, if Marcus comes and he tries to do something – and, and some kind of retaliation, then, I mean, the second I see it, there, there should be automatic injection and he should be suspended because you're definitely targeting somebody. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even with that, how do you feel about um, Jokic getting suspended one game and Morris getting the $50,000 fine? Um, I think the suspension was fine. Like, I get why they had to do it. Like, even though Markeith was the initiator, what ended up happening to Marquise was worse. It was a worse result. So you find you, the person who created the worst result, you, you give them the harsher punishment. I, I get it. And it makes sense. You know, um, it could have went differently, but that's what happened. And, you know, one end of the day, one game, it's not a big deal. You know, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. It, I don't think, I don't think this really changes <clears throat> people's opinion on Jokic anyway. So I think, Everyone still knows he's talented and he's good, and so he probably won't wear. He probably don't. He probably won't win the Sportsman of the Year award this year. But you know, other than that, he's good. Right, <laughs> right. So, all right. So that's the you know that's the Jokic Morris beef. We wrap that up. Now let's get into some of the other mucky muck. You know, let's talk about trade rumors. You know, those things are always nasty and, and libelous and all that as they come. But we got some more trade rumors. And then trade rumors for your boy, Ben Simmons. For your boy, Ben Simmons, this one coming out, Shams reported it, that there were discussions with um, the Sixers and the Boston Celtics for Ben Simmons. And as far as Philly is concerned, those trades – don't go any further unless Jalen Brown is included in the deal. Right. Uh, to which I say, ha, 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 You are not getting Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. You just There's not. no way. No way. This is, it's a nothing rumor to me. Um, Boston came out right, right after Sean's report to be like, that was never going to happen. Which, which they should because, you know, they don't want their boy Jalen wondering if they're talking about trading him, you know. Uh, they, they probably are, but they don't want that being known. And if they are going to trade him, I doubt it's going to be for Ben Simmons. Um, I had a bigger issue. I have a bigger issue with this because my issue isn't so much in the rumor, but my, my issue is more about um, – how journal, how sports journalism is being handled right now, and like more specifically, like the what's going on with Shams Sharania at this point, and like I've, I'm a big fan of Shams. I, at first, I thought it was like really cool, you know, that there was this, you know, this young guy, this young person of color who was kind of coming in and you know out scooping, you know, Woj, and you know getting get into stuff before him. Like it, it was dope, and I. We need more of that competition in, in that arena. And we, de- we do need it to be more than, you know, just, you know, your, the typical sports journalist you see um, in, 
most of the time, which is, you know, like, you know, white guys for the most part. So, you know, he was breaking some ceilings, some glass ceilings. So that's cool. But now I feel like Shams is kind of just becoming like a loudspeaker for clutch sports. Yeah. Which is disappointing to me, you know, because now he now it's more about how he can help them like manipulate narratives rather than, you know, getting to the, the, the real scoops. Yeah, and and that's disappointing, you know, because you hear that rumor and you're like, where does that rumor come from? And like you said, there probably were conversations between the Celtics and the Sixers. In fact, I know the Sixers are probably talking to everybody. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that definitely sounds like something that comes out of Ben Simmons' camp more than anything. And, and that's... And that and that's just disappointing to just to yeah. hear that, and and of course when you post something like that, it gets retweeted, and then they ask you for interviews and about your sources and stuff like that. But it's just a bad look. It's a bad look. I'm not. I, I agree yeah. with you. I'm not for it either. Yeah, I, I just don't really like it because another person that broke that would have would have put the would have put it more as what it was. Sixers are still trying to get top assets back for Simmons, but other teams are not willing to comply. With the way this was framed, it's still trying to put this idea out there that Ben Simmons is still a player of equal value to someone like Jalen Brown. Right. And he's just not. And that, you know, and that's Clutch trying to keep the narrative for that guy. You know, Clutch is trying to keep the narrative for that guy. They still want people to think like he's a top asset and they still want other teams to think that's the price of business to try and get Ben Simmons. And of course, this helps Philly out, too, because Daryl Morey is going to allow Clutch to to try and drive up the value if they can, because that helps the Sixers get a better trade package in return. But this is just all like, you know, this is all like stirring up. Uh, narrative that doesn't really have any legs, in my yeah. opinion. And even if and even if that was Maury's idea, I mean, the idea in your mind that okay, let me go and put Jalen Brown as the person of of interest. So you got Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. If you want other teams to react to that, I don't think you're gonna get the reaction you might anticipate. Like, I don't think someone's gonna go and say, oh, wow, what? Let me go and try to outdo that. You're not Uh getting that. In fact, I promise you, most of the other teams are laughing to say, wow, if the Celtics do that, y'all really are bugging. But now if you really wanna get interest, put out there, we're looking at Ben Simmons for a couple of role players and some picks. Now you start to create a bidding war. Right. But you've already put out there what you're looking for. You're not going to get that, especially not now when every team is basically in it. So you're talking about a trade trade deadline thing, but no one's paying Simmons that money. Nobody. Like, who's paying Simmons that money? So especially for someone who's now saying that, yeah, you know, my head is not in the game and we've already seen that he doesn't have the, the killer instinct to go and play. So who, yeah. who's going to want him? Nobody. And if it, and I get, 
you know, and I'm sympathetic to if, you know, if your head's not in the game and, you know, you need to have your, you know, your mental health um, cared for, like, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that, you know, go do that. I even said that when we first discussed, you know, everything that happened with Ben Simmons, I said, I felt like he did need to, you know, take a step back and look at his mental health. Um, so I'm all for that. But where I, I find even more issue with him is like, now he's continuing to get fined because he's not he's not trying to work with any type of program the team's trying to put together with him to try and get him back on the court. Like he's saying, you know, I need I need my time. I'm not ready. But now now they're, they're talking about how he's not looking to meet with a team with a team selected doctors or anything like that. And and you know there could be two sides of it. You know those team selected doctors could, you know, just have the team's agenda and not his. And, and maybe they're maybe looking out for the team's interest and not his, and maybe he doesn't want to deal with that. And that's fine. But if you're, if your real issue is like, you just feel like I'm not right. I need to get things sorted out. And if the team's trying to put things together for you to get things sorted out and you're just not willing to show up to those things, that's, that's, that's not a good look for you either. I mean, the team itself has not given up on you. So the team, the team itself wants you to succeed. But I mean, what they're yeah. not going to do is not going to let you call the shots. Like you right. are the employee. You're not going to tell your employer how things are going to go down. Now, no. they'll find you. They're going to keep finding you. And as long as they find you, it's like, all right, whatever. We don't care. <laughs> we just keep finding you. I know. You. It's wild. And they're still winning, so. I know. They're still winning. I mean, we'll see if they'll keep going, like, now Embiid. Now Embiid's out, you know, so see how long, see how the team does with him out now. But, you know, it's a, it's a tough look, and it's, you know, it's just looking more and more like uh, this is going to be a lost year for him, which is going to be really, it's going to be a really rough look because the way it's going, this isn't like a, like a, a lost year, with, like, for Kyrie, like, Kyrie is out team. He's just taking absence from the team. Kyrie's still getting paid. <laughs> Simmons, is, Simmons is going into this situation where he might go the whole year like and not get a paycheck from the team. Like that's a really that's, tough look. That's, that's a really a, tough look. That's a tough look. And they'll keep finding him. And like I said, for them, if they're finding him, their game checks, it means nothing to him, nothing to them. And what and what is he has nothing to stand on, so yeah. he can't say anything. So yeah, I mean it's it's not a good look, man. I, no, it's not a good look, and he showed up only because it was clearly evident he was trying to get that 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 check. You know what I mean? Yeah, and which he, which is even worse because even, now, yeah, if 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 you're about something and if you're trying to stand up for something and you're saying, look, I don't want to be on this team, I want to be traded. All right, fine. We'll try to find a place for you to be traded. In fact, you go find someone who wants to trade you, which clearly right. you try to do, you know, with all the stuff that's happening. But yeah, go ahead and do that. But at the same time, we're not going to pay you. And as soon as you heard that, all of a sudden he pops up at practice. So now it's all about the money. Now it's no yeah. longer about your rights. Yeah, he showed so himself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, my mental health. You know, and yeah, you have to get your mind right because after what we saw last year, the last time we saw you play, something's not right, you right. know. Mm-hmm. But, 
but then don't but at the same time don't drop videos of yourself on ig shooting threes and shooting around and playing pickleball and then it doesn't it it all doesn't work so what, what makes you think you're gonna go somewhere else and all of a sudden you're gonna turn it on yeah it's not gonna work He's, it's, it's just a hard situation. And, you know, we've talked about this a few times. It's, it's a hard situation, but it, it, you know, it's just getting, um, I just, I'm just wondering now, like how much farther are they going to continue to stoop to keep this facade up that, you know, this is a superstar talent and teams and, and don't just trade for him. But trade for him like you're because that's the thing, like they're not just trying to get a trade. They still want to get a trade where he's perceived as a superstar because of the return back. So it's like it's not just a, it's not it's not just about getting out. It's about getting out and saving face. And then it's also not about getting out and saving face. It's also, well, he really believes he needs to go to a team that builds their office around him. So now you got to create a trade. You got to create a trade that saves face, that still brings back value like you're a superstar. And then you're going to go to a team that had no preparations for you coming in this year. And they're going to orchestrate their, their offense around you and, and bring you in and, and let you be the, the star of the show. Like, I, I just, what team is that? What team is that? And, and we spoke about that. But now let me ask you this straight up. If do you think what do you think is more important if you're the Sixers to get that money off of your payroll and get him away or getting a good solid return back? If I was Maury, I would focus more on getting him off my team. I agree. But Maury doesn't operate that way. Maury, Maury's like, Maury has a lot of uh, of Danny Ainge to him, where if he's not if he's not like killing you in the trade, he doesn't want to make the trade. And and then he's also got a bit of Brian Cashman in him, where like Maury operates like, or Maury needs you to know that he's smarter than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. So so. All of this is, 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 there's like a pride element for Maury too and like how this is going down. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a chance to, you know, he had a chance to get hard in last year, but wanted to play hardball. It's funny because he had a chance to get hard in last year and played hardball with the deal to, 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 to get hard in, right? You know, uh, he was like, oh, you know, you can have Ben Simmons, but you can't have Maxi. You can't have these picks. You know, you got to pick. You can't just ask for all of this. But now he's on the other end and he's trying to trade Simmons. And now now he's like, oh, but you got it. You have to give me all this for Simmons. When Simmons is a much more depreciated value in terms of what the league is willing to trade for than James Harden was. Exactly. Exactly. So now you have this league who is didn't didn't want to trade for Harden like that. I mean, the Nets are another a different type of team, and Harden's a different type of player. Yeah, Harden's also even with 
the 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 nonsense he did last year with the Rockets, he was still a much more proven player than than Ben Simmons. Right, exactly. I don't think I think they should be settled at moving him away. And if you trade him, he goes to a team. Don't worry about okay, now he's gonna perform. I wouldn't care about that, honestly. It's like now if you if you if you go to another team and you're now playing and you're a star and everything, great, fine, whatever. And and if I'm Maury, one thing I know is that you're not good at picking. You're you're not good at draft picks. You're you're pretty trashy at them, you know. So and we've seen that. He's not really good at it. But at some point, you have to get some kind of assets back. And if that if that is picks, then that's fine. They're picks. And if you get picks, now you have something that people will want to trade for. And you can right. use those picks to now get pieces on your team. So 100%. now you're at the trade deadline. And now you say, wow, you know what? I need to get me a, a power forward on my team. Look, I have three picks that I'm willing to send over to a team to get something. Yeah. Right now, your only thing is Ben Simmons. Nobody wants that. No, and you can't give up these other players right now because you need them to perform and fill that gap of talent that Ben Simmons is creating on that team. So, you know, you can't you can't sacrifice what you already have to get other things. I think you're I think you 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 said it right. If it if it's just like if it's just draft picks, you know, or like maybe like a young player or two, um you take that and then you take that now you move on from this and then come trade deadline you trade for some piece, for some players that will really help you in your playoff run because like you said Sixers are still playing well without Simmons you know Maxi is stepping up Shaq Milton is stepping up like you know Tobias Harris is still playing well Seth Curry is playing really really well you know, and Bead is still, you know, he, he was still playing at his at his superstar level. So you you're 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 seeing that your team can 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 compete the way you want them to to, to without Simmons and without those other players you were hoping to get for Simmons. So you got to just move forward because you're not going to get those guys. You're not going to get the Damian Lillers. You're not going to get the Jalen Browns. You're not going to get the CJ McCollums for Ben Simmons. You, you're just not. Nope. So, so move, nope. so move on from that idea, you know, move on from that idea, get pieces that can help you, you know, shore up your team, come to trade deadline and, and, and do that. And I think that's, will they do it? I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm going to venture. They're not going to do that. I, I think, I think it's more likely that some other team just pulls a 180 and, and trades for Brent Simmons, like out of desperation, then, then Maury changes his plan of attack with how he, how he is willing to trade Ben Simmons away. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be some team who's gonna be desperate and decides to open up the wall a little bit. But yeah, but I still think that there are teams out there if that if they're really thinking about it and they're being really honest with themselves, they would go and just trade for Ben Simmons. Like we mentioned before, Sacramento, mm -hmm. Sacramento. Look now, Sixers, you're not getting. Um, Fox, you're not getting these guys. You're not, you're not. That's mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. but you can get 
Marvin Bagley, who is now just sitting on the bench, not who's refusing. He's refusing not to get subbed in to games now. And you know what? We should talk about that for a quick second. I'm not mad at that. No, I'm don't don't have me sit on the bench and not play me. And then you want me to play with some garbage minutes? Anyway, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. But look, you're you're, you're not getting that. I was trying to get a deal with Bagley, maybe Buddy Hield. Maybe something like that and see would that work. Stop trying to go for the jugular. You know, Sacramento's not going anywhere. Get some picks. I mean, work on something like that. Be reasonable. You know, you're not in a position right now to pick and choose, but I definitely know you can include Bagley, who can who's looking for a, a new change. That'll work. Buddy, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? These are the kind of guys I think you should look for. So, yeah, I mean, you could probably get you could probably do a Buddy Hield and Bagley for Simmons type of deal. If you know, if you're Sacramento and you're Philly, um, I actually think that's not that bad. It's not right. I don't, yeah, because so with he heal, that's another he's a really good shooter. You need, you know, the more shooters you have, the better. And he can play. He can play with with the ball in his hands a bit, you've got Seth Curry, you've got, you know, he, he would, he would fit into that rotation. I think pretty decent. And then Marvin Bagley, you know, listen, the, the, the dude was not terrible last year. Like, you know, he was doing 14 and seven and like 25 minutes a game. You've got Andre Drummond as your backup to MB like, is Marvin Bagley going to be any worse than Andre Drummond? I don't think so. And if he and and if he he's not ready to play, well, you could you could you could sit him. You could you could work on him. You could you could let you could let get you could let Doc work on him, see what's going on with him, try and get him to buy in, and you know maybe he can be some like you know he can be an eighth man off the bench or something like that. So well, you know, I, I think that's possible. That's a good one. That's a good one. But you know, yeah. we comp we comp the we comp the Ben Simmons situation to the James Harden situation from last year. And I actually wanted to talk about James Harden a little bit today because what's going on with him? What's going on with James Harden this year? Uh, man, I know we spoke about this a little bit last week or maybe the week before when we were saying the change in the foul calling. And yeah. it has, has led to him having the lowest amount of free throw attempts per game in his career, or not even his career, but in his prime, per yeah. se. Um, so I don't know if that's part of it. He just doesn't look the same. He just doesn't look like the same player that he was before. All right, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just say the spicy thing right now. Come on, man. I think James Harden's washed. Wow. wow. I think I think I think James Harden is washed. Um, do I mean washed like he's just complete trash? No, but I mean washed in that he he's not returning to that superstar level again. I don't I don't I don't see it. Like, because this is the thing, you know, and the Nets are playing better now, but that's more because of Durant than anything else. Durant is just like ridiculous right now scoring 30 points on 12 shots and stuff like that like that's just that's just unseen 
unseemly. You know, he's just ridiculous at this point. And, and if he's gonna, if he's just gonna be legendary, they're gonna be good. And and I think that might be just enough. But I was under this impression that with Ket Kyrie out of the out of the lineup right now, James Harden was gonna like turn a little bit more into Houston James Harden numbers wise with his scoring, since they didn't have that, since they didn't have that that level of scorer with Kyrie. Because last year it was easy to say, oh. James Harden, you know, he just took a back seat because he's got he's got KD, he's got Kyrie. Those guys are amazing one-on-one scorers, so he doesn't have to do much. He could just play that Steve Nash role in the offense, you know, and get his assists and get a little bit of scoring. But now this year, when he needs to be more of a scorer, he's still not he's still not turning it up this year. And yeah, people say it's the fouls, and yeah, there's been there's been fouls he should have been given that weren't weren't happening but the other thing i look at though is this dude can't dribble past anybody anymore he's not he's got no burst he's not and and this and this may have been years in the coming but i think what happens is the fact they're not giving him the calls like before and the fact he's not getting to the line like he was before is just highlighting the fact that this dude, if this dude needs to drive to the basket to get a bucket, I don't know if he could still do it at the level he used to. You know, he was he was driving, he drives looking for the foul because he doesn't, he's not able to separate and, and get a clean look at the basket anymore when he drives. And he's got his three-point shot, he could still shoot, but he was never a mid-range guy and for most of his career. Even, even in OKC, he wasn't really much of a, of a mid-range guy. He's never been a guy that comes to the key, pulls up, gets to the free throw line, pulls up, 18 feet pulls up. That's never been his game. So if that's never been his game, and his game was always three-pointer or go to the basket, and he can't really go to the basket like that unless he's getting a foul call, well, well there goes – that explains why his scoring is so, is so down now. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say he's washed. I wouldn't go that far. Washed. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. I would say that one of the big problems with him right now is he just has to figure out where his game is going to go from here. Because, like you said, he drives and he's not blowing past anybody. Why? Because now the defender can play him on his they didn't have to worry about these phantom calls and him throwing their body into them. Now they can play him. And now it's a lot more, a lot tougher. So, you know, yeah, this isn't when, this isn't 2018, 2019, when he was averaging 36 points a game, which he's averaging half of that now, which yeah. is shocking. But, but this, but right now he doesn't have that number of attempts per game. You know, before he was attempting almost 25 shots a game. That's not this team. He's at 13.7 shots per game. You're not taking 25 shots a game that are like on like before when you when he was on Houston. Sure. You know, because when he was on Houston, it was his team. You know, he can take that shot. And he didn't have to worry about, okay, who's the other person on the team? Sure, at one point he had Chris Paul. Another time he had Westbrook. But those are different players. You know, 
you know, Westbrook's not a shooter, you know, CP3 on floor general. We got that. He's playing with KD. That's a whole different dynamic, you know? So you're not going to go and throw up 25 shots a game and just say, hey, you know what? There was no one else for me to pass it to because I am the best player on this team. No, not anymore. Because KD is a, a better player than you are. And he's doing this more efficiently than you are. I mean, look at his numbers. I mean, his field goal yeah. percentage is the lowest since his rookie season. Yeah, he's not playing well. To me, it's not just a matter. Well. To me, it's just I can't even put the I can't even put it on KD because you know how many times KD has averaged at least 20 shots per game in a season doesn't happen often he's only done it twice and neither of those times have been with brooklyn right now he's only taking two more shots per game than he did last year and when you think of that void of the the amount of shots Kyrie took if he's only taking two more you say okay that that would be where harden would get some of some more of his shot attempts right harden is shooting three times less than he did with Brooklyn last year with Kyrie. So it, I think it's just a matter of one, I, I don't think I don't think he's in the shape he needs to be to no, be the type of play to be the type of player you expect him to be. I think that's one. And, and two, um because of that and because the, the league is not going to call those those you know those gimmicky fouls he was getting well now now people don't have to worry about those lame calls when they defend you so now they they can defend you even more properly and if you don't got that if you don't got that natural ability to get open anymore which i just i just don't see him having anymore when i watch him i just don't really see him having the natural ability to get open anymore because it's it's less physical shots altogether it's less three-point attempts too you know, I, I just don't really – he just doesn't really look like a guy that can beat his man off the dribble even to get an uh, open three-pointer anymore. You know, the, I think he's actually more reliant on KD opening shots up for him than anything else at this point. I don't think, I don't think he's a guy right now that, you know, if, if a team just shuts the rest of the nets down and they're like, we know we, know we can't shut KD down but we're going to shut the rest of the team down. Right. And, you know, KD, KD will still get his shots and he'll drop 40, he'll drop 50, but can Harden be that running mate like Kyrie has always shown that ability to be that if it's, if it's up to the two of us to score all the points, can you be my other guy and get those, get those shots, get those points? I I don't know. I don't know if he has that anymore. I still think he has it. I, I, I'm not going to dismiss his ability like that. I mean, he's still averaging 18 points a game. He still has, what, almost nine assists a game, still eight rebounds. I mean, the numbers itself is looks solid. You know, it doesn't – does it look like an all-star right now? No, not at all. You know, he'll still get in, but he doesn't look like an all-star right now. But it, it kind of leaves you – and I agree. It, there's, there's something missing. I'm not going to say it's him being washed. I'm not sure how this, you know, fixes itself. I will say, though, I want to come back to this conversation periodically because I want. I just want to see if it was more so a slow start of the season that he had 
Or is it really like, look, he's just not getting there. Like he's just stuck because I mean, now you're talking about averaging less than five free throws a game when that was his bread and butter for so long, you know, but even then, even then, if you're saying that he averaged twice as many free throws a game and he made, you know, instead of making four, he was making eight. That's only four points, you know, so mm. it's, it's still the rest of the game is missing. And he only averaged seven. He only averaged around seven free throw attempts last year with Brooklyn. So he even last year with Brooklyn, he wasn't at that Houston level where he was getting to the line 10, 11, 12 times on average. You know what I mean? And he was still a 24 point per game scorer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, there's several factors. I I still, I still think the KD is a factor, but I also agree that him not being in shape is a big thing too, because he is not in shape. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I just don't think he has that ability to create separation right now from his defenders. And, you know, maybe that will come back in time. You know, maybe I'll look really bad for saying this, you know, come February. And if I do, I do. Um, I don't know. I'm just putting, I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing a kind of like a, a gradual decline here. Um, you know, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't come into shape last year. And, you know, I guess you could say that was because he wanted out of Houston and things like that. He kind of played himself into shape with Brooklyn. But uh, even that, that led to him, you know, end up ending up getting hurt at critical times. And then when he came back, you know, everyone was like, all right, well, he's not able to do much in this Milwaukee series because he's playing on a bad leg. But he still looks, he looks like he's playing the same still. So did his hamstring like never recover or something? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I want to say that I just, I would say that, hmm, yeah, he just doesn't look right. Look, you remember the photos of of last season when they took him with his, his uh, warmups on and he looked all big and I feel like that's the, from that point on, it's like you stare at him and it's like, yeah, you are really not in shape you know yeah, it's like you wish you want to start a, a gym club with like him and zion oh, to, to get to get in shape but it's but, crazy because he was he was shredded in houston yeah he was in shape and now he just now he looks like he just plays rec ball in la fitness you know yeah it looks like he's coming up playing a pickup game you know but so that's that's my thing on him and like i and the reason i i I have this pause is because I, I look at his demeanor and I kind of see how he carries himself. I don't, I don't know if I see a guy that's going to be like, all right, I slacked off for too long. Now I'm going to get in the gym and I'm going to show y'all what's what. And I'm going to, I don't really see him being that type of guy. So is this just going to be like the, is this just now the start of like a, like a steady decline now, you know, he is 32, you know, he is 32 and, if he's not putting in that extra level of work like he was before, could just be this is where he starts to go. And it happens for some guys, especially guards. It happens for some guards. Once, once they hit their 30s, they're just not that guy anymore. I mean, it not happens to everybody. I mean, if you want to compare, like, Steph 
is the same age and he's looking at as good as ever. So, oh, we gotta talk about that, man. He's looking as good as ever. Like, and that is we could segue. That's a good segue. Like, talking about Steph. Steph is actually a year older than Harden. This is age thirty three season, but he's coming off probably his like best scoring. Yeah, he is coming off his best scoring season ever. Um, of course, he had to carry such a heavy load with that team last year. The Warriors look amazing, and and I look at Steph. He looks amazing, and I look at his numbers, and what's scary is he's not even clicking yet. He's not even clicking yet. He's only at 43% for the year. You know that's going to go up. You know that's going to get higher. He's only at 38% from three. You know that's going to that's gonna get higher. You know that's going to go up in the, in the low 40s. So, like, you know, we, we are really looking at potentially another vintage Curry season where he's also getting, like, six and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, almost two steals a game. Like, dude's on a mission. Dude is on a mission. And I think this Warriors team, I don't know about you, like, but I feel like this Warriors team finally got back to that vibe they had right before they they right before KD came and right before they they blew that 3-1 lead you know just that energy that vibe that the warriors had like it was like they were a team hard not to root for and Steph was you know the leader of that you know you watch him play it's just hard not to like enjoy the way he plays and i feel like he's there again and i feel like he's got a team that that can go with him to that level now again what did I tell you? You did. You said it, man. You said it. What did I tell you? I said Golden State is not a game. They are going to take off and look at them. <laughs> I mean, this does not come as a surprise to me at all. 10 and 1, which is absurd, first sure. off. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That's insane. Like, great. Curry amazing but there's another factor to it is that okay besides the fact that clay's not there this team is more athletic than you've than i've ever seen before you had the shooters i mean draymond is not in shape (laughs) but you're looking at these guys now and i mean besides Every other day, you're seeing a highlight from Gary Payton, the oh, second. Man. Gary who, Payton looking good, man. I mean, he is. I mean, he's throwing down. And the one he did the other day was like, oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Like, you just do that? Right. But, I mean, every – I mean, them. I mean, Jordan Poole is filled in admirably for, for Clay. Wiggins has – and look, these are not – I mean, I know when Wiggins came in, we were saying – well, not me because I already say he was average. But – for everyone else, they were like, oh, he's going to be like a 27-point-per-game scorer. And he's – and I'm like, look, all I'm asking for you to do is give me like 18, 19 points a game, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, land in the right spot. You don't need to have the world on your shoulders. And I feel like he's starting to understand that. Yeah. He, he's, he's Harrison Barnes now. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's Harrison Barnes now. Like, he, you know, Harrison Barnes – also very talented guy, also a guy people always wanted to be more than he ended up being as a player. Um, <clears throat> as a, there's some similarities there. So, but I think Wiggins finally found a role, you know, and 
like you said, this team's yeah, this is probably one of their most athletic teams because when you look at those championship runs, their bench was more like veteran and experienced. You know, it was guys more towards that towards the tail end of their career, Sean Livingston, Barbosa, um, David West, um, you know, guys like that, Andre Godala. Um, and now instead you're replacing them with role players like Damian Lee, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, Otto Porter, Kevin Looney, uh, you know, Toscano Anderson, Gary Payne, guys that are much more in their peak or getting to their peak. Whereas, and that's your, and that's your bench players. That's your role player system. When before you had like guys more towards the end of their careers, providing that that role player production so like it's scary because they're set up for more they're set up for more they, they don't have they don't have Wiseman playing yet they have not they haven't got Kaminga and Moody like fully like indoctrinated into their system like when I look at when I look at Jordan Poole and I look at Damian Lee and I look at this kind of Anderson I'm like okay Look how they got those guys prepped and ready to perform. They're going to do the same thing with Moses Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman. Like those same guys, like a year or two from now, are going to be able to do the same things, maybe at a higher level because they're, they're, they're greater talents. They're greater talents. So it's like you're taking this system and you're bringing in, you're bringing in more and more talented guys into this system. And you still got the base of Curry, Draymond. You got Clay coming back. Like, like I always wondered what what the post peak of Curry's career was gonna look like. You know, because you know he does a lot of running. He has the ball in his hands a lot. You know, you just wonder if he's still gonna be at that level when he's in his mid thirties. I think they found a way to extend his career, man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because he he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand all the time, oh. and sometimes watching some of their games, you 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 look at the game. It'll be a couple of series, and it's like, wait, where's Curry? He's even and he's there, mm-hmm. but it's like the ball doesn't have to go in his hand for them to still be effective. And and it's not like they're playing and they're like you know mediocre i mean they're blowing out teams <laughs> no they're 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 killing teams like the other night um curry had a bad game and, and jordan Poole just like just like killed the other team yeah 20 points 21 15 14 they're i mean the only lost one game by three points other than that they've been just killing that one loss was like what but other than that it's like they're, they're doing their thing and then curry it's not even like he's he's getting a lot of time to rest, so he's not out there all the time. The team just looks better. They look mm-hmm. they look great. This is the kind of team that you know we all. I, you you mentioned how it would look with Curry post you know when he's out of his prime when he gets older. Once Clay got hurt, and my mind was like, all right, so what now for Golden State? Because, you know, the next season they struggled, Curry got hurt. Season after that, it was still kind of mediocre. Right. But that's how you take your draft picks. They're not even using those draft picks yet. So you don't even, you're not even, you're not even touching, you mentioned Wiseman. 
that adds another whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And now you have an inside presence that is unbelievable. And then you don't even have Clay yet. Oh my goodness. This, yeah. this team is must watch, must watch TV every night. Yeah. And, and even if Wiseman can't, he just can't find his footing in this system, you can easily trade him for players that can. Easily not do ben. this. Not Ben Simmons. Well, no, no, not Ben Simmons. Exactly. I said players that would help. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, this Curry, Curry's having an amazing season. He's out to prove a point and a well-deserved point. Cause you know, I think I think people forgot what this team was really about and what Curry really was about when Durant came over. Like the narrative just switched so much once Durant came in there. And, and, you know, you could even tell, like, that whole dynamic. It was kind of like, you know, this team just kind of made like a, you know, might have made a mercenary move. You know, they just put, they just put rings over everything. And, um, you know, they got the rings, but it kind of came with a, a, a price of who they were as a team. It kind of came at the price of who they were as a team. And now as they've kind of rebuilt that infrastructure again they they've gone back to who they are like this, this is the 15 16 warriors you know what i mean all over again yeah. um but like with room for more which was what they didn't have then because the young guys were the core now the core is the veterans and you're bringing in these young guys you're bringing in these 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 other role players and and the guys they're bringing in are smart like even um nemanja bielitsa like yeah, he's not athletic, but the dude's smart. He knows how to play basketball, you know. He can he could easily come in and give you 18 points, like you know, five, six rebounds. But if you don't need him to do that that night, he could just come in, fill in some blanks, and he'll make the right pass, he'll make the right play. And that's just something like not a lot of teams value. And this team does, and and it, and you and you're seeing how it goes a long way. Right. So, I mean, right now, if you had to make a decision right now, is Curry your MVP of the league? Ooh, man, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, I would. I, I mean, I would. He he has to. He has to be. I mean, I think Durant. I don't know how you don't put Durant in that mix. Like, it's Durant, it's Curry. I, I don't know. I don't know who else is coming for that. You know, I don't know if there's like a top three or a top four right now. I guess it's like more like a top two. Um, but yeah, it, it's between Curry and KD, which is funny, which is really funny when you think about it, you know, considering they used to play together. Considering, yeah. Considering they used to play together and KD is basically the reason people did not want to look at Steph as an MVP ever again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like these two are your pro- are probably your top two MVP candidates. Yeah, I, I would say Curry, um, Curry, then Durant, uh, if I had to, to say it right now. And if if anything, if, I, if they told me to pick another one, I would say uh, Jimmy Butler. He's having a good season. Jimmy Butler, that's a good one. Jimmy but it's still very good. early. But it just shows what Curry's doing right now. He's on a mission. He's he's letting people know, like people who forgot. Like, I mean, he's still here. He's like, look, I'm I'm still here, you know. So I'm not going anywhere. And man, I mean, 
He's unbelievable. That 50-point game, come on, man. That Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. I mean, this interesting – this is a very interesting start to the season. Um, you know, you got the Warriors just look like they're unstoppable right now. A lot of other teams are still trying to find their footing. When you look, when you look at teams that people would have considered to be the favorites, you know, Brooklyn is getting itself together now. But, you know, a lot of other teams still trying to find themselves. Lakers still trying to find themselves. Uh you know, Phoenix trying to find, they're kind of finding themselves a lot of contenders. Then you got, then you got the, the Wizards at eight and three right now, first in the Eastern Conference. Don't get me started. I, oh, stop. You know, like maybe, maybe we got to talk about Kyle Kuzma as an MVP candidate. Maybe that's what we got to do. Man. Oh, you would love that. We talk about some <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, right? Listen, he's playing ball. He's playing really well. You know, it's not a surprise to us. It's not a surprise to me. You know, people try to drag him through the mud. But this kid knows how to play, man. He knows how to play. And, you know, he's playing well for Washington like I thought he would. And I thought this team was going to be feisty. I didn't think they would, you know, be playing this well. But, you know, I said, I said, I I said, don't sleep on the Wizards as a playoff team. I said that. You did say that. I'll give you that. I still don't believe it, but I mean, you're definitely making me, you know, eat my words right now. So I got nothing else to say about that one. It's real early. It's only 11 games. You know, all of this could get get turned on his head, but, you know, these wins still count. And, you know, there's a lot of teams in the East that people thought were going to be better or that are still trying to figure, figure themselves out. You know, how much longer, how much longer rope do they get to do that until, you know, these wins, a team like the Wizards is stacking up now, just just kind of starts sinking in and, and settling in and keeping them in the playoff hunt. Yeah, for real. But you know what? Here's what we got to talk about next week. We got to talk about the Pelicans. What's... Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I yeah. actually... I would actually love to do that. I would actually love to do we, that. We got we, we got to talk about the Pelicans next week because we just have to figure out what's going on. Don't don't mention any names or nothing like that. We just got to talk about them next yeah. time because yeah, we really no, got to figure out what's going on with them. Yeah, we got to talk about them. Like you said, everybody's still in it. The Pelicans are not in it anymore. They're, they're one of the teams that definitely are not in it anymore. I could say that for sure. Yeah. So we'll t- we definitely got to talk about them. Uh, next week, we think we're gonna have to start talking about some of these rookies. You know, maybe next week we're getting like a maybe like a month's worth of games from them. I think we can start making some some judgments on how some of these rookies are looking. I already know some of the guys I want to talk about. You know, so we'll we'll set that up. Absolutely. Uh, oh man, you know, and then we'll see from there. We'll see how it goes. But this was fun. Always great talking basketball with you. Um, thank you everybody for listening. If you don't know already, you can find us on Twitter at Pace and Space Pod. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group, Pace and Space Podcast. Um, turn to listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. You know, we we record, we upload this through Anchor. So you can go to Anchor's website and they're affiliated with Spotify and they help us get 
our pod on almost every format you can think of. So shout outs to Anchor again. Really appreciate how they help us with that. And until next week, everybody, you know, anything else you want to say to people, Leif? No, again, everything you said was, was right on point. Thanks for listening. You know, keep watching. I mean, Steph Curry's doing his thing, so we're all going to be watching. We'll, we'll keep up to him, you know, because I still think he has a chance to be an MVP. But, you know, again, thanks all for you for listening. And as always, stay woke and stay mellow. Peace.